So karma. There's a few different ways to tackle this or think about it, but whatever way you do it, there's no sort of language that can describe it satisfactorily. And I think there's some section in the, the original teachings of the Buddha that says if you actually tried to comprehend karma, your head would explode. I think that was the first literature reference to heads exploding. It's just too, too much to think about it, what, the actu what karma actually is. Like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like the Buddha felt a tickle in his toe, like a little itch, and he knew that that itch came from a previous life where he had accidentally stepped on a bug. So think about all the actions that we take, most of them unmindful. Things that we're saying, things that we're thinking, people that we're interacting with, huge actions, small actions, all of those are recorded in a huge invisible storehouse of consciousness. And they all produce results, positive, neutral, and negative. And we don't even realize that. Like we know there's cause and effect, but we don't see how close how every little thing matters. Every little thought you have, every action you do. From big things to, like right now, the way you're sitting, you might turn your head like this and then scratch an itch. We think of that as like not important or minor, but that could have been because of something someone said to you when you were five. Or because you scratched that itch, it could result in you having a thought in three weeks from now related to something else, but you don't see the connection. So you're just constantly just responding to things. Like, oh, there's that itch again, or there's that pain again, or there's that type of person again. And you're like, oh, I have to deal with that type of person again. But you don't realize that you have to deal with that type of person again, because the last time you saw a person like that, you had a thought in your head that said, I don't like that person. And that thought sent a ripple into the universe that created an energetic response for another person exactly like that to come into your life again. Like everything you think, even to that, what you think is private thoughts, everything you think, everything you say, everything you do has a repercussion. And so when you think about billions of people, trillions of animals, Every single atom in the universe is part of this consciousness and it's thinking and it's doing. You, you couldn't fathom. It, it's not just like, okay, this guy um, was robbed on the street and that's because in a past life he robbed someone else. Like maybe it's that easy to, to have a correlation, but it's in, it's in an even bigger sense. Like everything is way out of our understanding. And so something even like, a little itch you have in your toe could have been because you killed a bug when you were three. 
it's unfathomable when you start, if you start to think about it and you believe it, that every single effect has a cause. Every single sensation, every single thought originated with something else. So because people can't comprehend this, they have very simple understanding of what it is. So they say karma, oh karma is a bitch or whatever. So I cheated on someone and now I'm being cheated on, so that's karma. Or I'm making fun of someone who's like this and then that same thing happens to me, that's karma. Um, most religions have a very simple understanding of this, like don't do unto others what you wouldn't want done to yourself, because essentially if you steal, you'll probably get stolen from. If you kill, you'll probably get killed. If you, And it's not because necessarily those rules are like written down somewhere by some god, but they are humans attempt to try to explain why things happen, why certain things happen. But if you, you know, you've heard that expression, life isn't fair. But what if, what if you could, what if like in, in terms of radical acceptance, radical way of being, what if you believed that life was exactly fair? That every single thing that happened was the, the, the most fair thing. So if you have something bad that happens, let's say someone, um, whatever, cuts you off in traffic, something minor. That's fair. Like if you have radical acceptance to what is in the moment, that's the most fair thing that could be happening to you because of your karma. If you could radically accept everything, like even the worst thing that could happen to you, you could radically accept that as this is precisely what needs to be happening right now because this is the effect of some previous cause. I guess you'd be enlightened. Because the state of the natural mind is to see whatever conditions are arising, what are they and can I be with them? Can I be with them without judgment? Can I be with them uh, with non-attachment? And so non-attachment is the real key here. The title of the talk is Karma Isn't Personal. So let's say you have something really great that's happened to you. Or someone praises you. Um, let's say you're good looking, for example. Okay, I'm good looking. I'm not saying I am, but let's say that's what the thought in your head is. I'm good looking and that person isn't good looking. So what is, what is that cause? What is the cause that made you good looking? Like your parents were good looking and then they had sex and you, you were born and you got lucky. So you didn't do anything to be good looking. In the, in the basic, in the traditional sense, if, we, if the scientific sense, you did not do anything special to be good looking. You just were born and your parents happen to be good looking and genetics happened and then you're good looking. But what's funny about that is that people take pride in their looks. Well, I'm good looking, so I'm a good person.
But really, you didn't choose your good looks. You were just born that way. Or what if you were born in a rich family? Oh, well, it's just because your parents or their parents did something, and now you're born in a rich family, and then you're proud about it. It's like you did something right, or you're a good person. You inherited this, karma, this good karma. Or conversely, what if something bad? What if you're ugly? Or what if you're sick all the time? Or what if things don't go your way? Or what if you um, get hurt by someone? Well, then instead of feeling praise or pride, you feel shamed or guilty, like, I must have done something bad. Or I'm a bad person. Now what's interesting about this is the Buddha actually says, if we take the Buddha's teachings to be literal, that you actually did choose to be good-looking. You actually did choose to be ugly. Or you actually did choose to be rich, or you did choose to be poor. But when we say it in the conventional sense, this you chose, it doesn't make sense. And that's what I was saying at the beginning. You can't really talk about this in a way that makes sense with language. Because Buddhism also has as its premise that there's no self. There's no you there. There's no I. So I might be rich, and I chose to be rich, but it wasn't the ego I that chose to be rich. It was this larger sense that did something in the past that resulted in me being rich. And you could say, yeah, it was my grandparents who started a business and then they did this or that, and then I inherited that money. And so, in a way, that's like rebirth, like their actions came into my life. So am I just, I'm just inheriting their actions? Or is there something about my particular karma, like my individual karma, that deserved me all of this wealth, or these good looks, or this poverty, or this sickness? So, I'll pose this example to you. Let's say you're walking down the street and you see someone else walking, carrying a bag of groceries. And the bottom of the bag drops out. What do you do? Whose responsibility is it to clean up that mess? Like there's a thing of tomato sauce that fell and it smashed and the eggs are all destroyed and everything. You might be moved to go over and help that person start to pick things up, and if you have a bag, you might give it to them, the whole thing. But there's this subtle dualism there where you're like, well, that's their, ultimately their responsibility to have to clean up. I'll help them, but it's theirs. And you might even say, like, oh, what a, what a sorry sap of... Um, embarrassment that is over there. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that, right? It might be the same way if you have a really good friend or family member that comes to you and says that they got diagnosed with some disease or something, or something bad happened to them. You might be like, oh, I, I, I want to be empathetic, I want to help you, but in the back of your mind you're saying, oh gosh, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. They must have done something horrible in a past life. Or they're a bad person because that happened to them. 
And so we're, we're always looking at other people that way. But what's interesting is when we're the ones with the groceries that fall out, we lay on the heaviness of, oh man, I'm, I wish someone would help me. Gosh, I'm, such an, I'm in a terrible state. I want people's pity or, or too pride. I'm going to clean this up myself. I don't want anyone to help me because I, I'm, a, I'm a man. I'm going to be able to do this. or I can take care of myself. I'm an independent woman. Or we're like, oh, geez, I'm such an idiot. I should have double bagged it. Right? So when something bad happens to you in your life, the first thing you'll do is try to figure out why it's happening. You'll say, why me? Or, and then you start reading about Buddhism and you'll be like, oh, I must have done something really bad in a past life. But what's interesting is when you see the other person drop their groceries, that little thought in the back of your mind of like, oh, I'm glad that's not happening to me. It actually, interestingly, this is the key point. Doesn't it make you feel better about helping that person? Or like, it's not that you pity them, but like you, you feel compassion for them. Like... Oh, wow, that sucks. I, I want to help them to make their load lighter. Right? But when it happens to you, you can't stand it. You're like, ah, ah, this is too much. I'm a horrible person and I have to deal with this mess now. But there's not the thought in, in the back of your mind saying, oh, this isn't happening to me. You think, this is happening to me. How dare it happen to me? As you progress in your practice, whatever sort of suffering you have, certainly you must clean up this mess. And it's a big fucking mess that we all have. All of us have had the bottom of our bags drop out. And we're all trying to deal up, uh, clean up the mess of our lives. But it's much harder to do it when you think it's because you're a horrible person or you think you don't have help or when you think it's never going to end. So what I'm suggesting is if you can see your own mess in the same way that you might see another person's mess, as something that is your partial responsibility to help take care of and something that is not you, it's not who you are, it's something that you're working on, it's going to be much easier for you to be compassionate towards the suffering that you have. So yes, you have an inheritance of karma, each of you as individuals, each of us as individuals have good and bad things that happen to us based on all of our previous actions. But when you're sitting there and you feel the immensity of your suffering and you start to say, oh gosh, this is all my karma, you've missed the point. Because it is your karma 
meaning it is your responsibility to clean it up, but it's not who you are. And because there's no I at the center of it, it's not ultimately your fault that it happened. It's your responsibility to clean it up, but it's not your fault. Let's just say life is an accident. You didn't really choose to be manifest in this world. So it happens to all of us. Here we are. And now we have to deal with this stuff. It's your responsibility to deal with your karma, but it's not your fault that you have your karma. Which is not to say that you shouldn't take responsibility, like I said, for the things, but it's a very subtle distinction. And it's, again, it's hard to explain, but you'll start to see over time, it's just stuff happening and I'm going to take care of it. Even the worst possible thing, I'm going to take care of it. But I'm going to take care of it in a compassionate way, just like I would help someone else clean up their mess. Which is exactly the point as well. When you start to be less attached to it as my suffering or my karma, then you start to see that your work isn't just about ending your own suffering, but as a bodhisattva, you're here to end everyone's suffering. Because we're all in this together. We're all having our groceries fall. So why not I help you, you help me, and we get through it together. So whenever you start talking to people about your Buddhism and your meditation and the topic of karma comes up, just use that little riff there. It's not personal. It, it's real. You have, to, there's, you have to be responsible. But it's not my karma. It's just karma. So that's what I wanted to say on that matter. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. That was deep. Karma is complicated. <laughs> karma is complicated. But no, that was So, have you guys felt that? Where you're like, oh shit, I've got lifetimes of stuff I've got to work on, and ugh, like that. Have you? Every single day. Yeah. So hopefully some of this, these ideas lighten the load a little bit. Like, okay, there's, I spilled some milk. We got to clean it up. But like, yeah. cleaning it up is what we got to do, but it's not because... I'm a bad person, you know? Mm. Yeah, we often blame ourselves for whatever we do, if it's wrong or went wrong. It, it just sometimes, it, it's so easy to get caught up in, in the moment and just yeah. forget about it. Just get anger or, I don't know, just to remind ourselves, I think maybe mindfulness helps that way. It's just sometimes very easy to forget. Yeah. And how was the sit for you guys? Getting, getting clearer? Yeah, I like that. I think it's uh, we're slowly getting back on track. It helps because we kind of put meditation on hold for some time, especially after our wedding and all that. But uh, but right now, with these uh, we do these sessions, it's uh, it's it's coming back. Good. Any retreat plans soon? found one um, that was right 
December 19th to 23rd, 24th in, in Quebec. Okay. But I think that's, or was it the New Year, sorry? I, I think it was at the New Year, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. So there is one in Shambhala, we should take a look at that one, if you want to go. Yeah, I've never been to it. I want to also go to one too. Yeah, it's, it's not that different than like an IMS style, like it's very, it's like an American form of Buddhism, they're sitting and walking, it's actually a little bit more relaxed, there's like discussion periods and they do the social meditation and there's tea time and snacks, um, and it's not like always 45 minutes of sitting, like sometimes they'll do 20 minutes and then they'll do walking and they, there's a lot more variety to the practice, and which I started liking a lot more in, in my, just where I'm at. Um, plus, if it's just a weekend, I'm probably going to do the weekend in February, which is level three. Um, I'm not sure you can do level three without doing the first two, but they have retreats. So if you're looking to just do something in the area, it's yeah, it's good. Do that. Yeah, I think February. There's also like that. There's a Theravadan place, like a Vipassana place too, that does like weekend retreats. I haven't been there though. Yeah, we should take a look at it. You said there was um, Tuesday and Wednesdays too. Yeah, they do a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. Um, yeah, I should take a look. I should. I have to book up in advance so then. Work. Yeah, work sucks. <laughs> um, okay, guys. All right. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Bye.